Out of the timeout and the interception. Carr back to pass on first down over the middle. It's batted up in the air twice. It's intercepted by Pittsburgh. Picked off by the Steelers. Carr's back in the gun with Jacobs to his left. Snap. Carr. Play action. Quick throw. Behind Renfro. Right into the arms of a Steeler. Minka Fitzpatrick picked it off at the 30 and fell to the turf and tapped down right there. He threw a dart to Renfro, turned around and hit him in the shoulder, right into the arms of Fitzpatrick, and the Steelers have their second interception in as many drives. Steelers working end zone to our right, pick it out of the gun, snap, back to pass, throwing over the middle, open receiver, touchdown Pittsburgh. George Pickens headed towards the middle of the end zone and caught it between a pair of Raiders. And for the first time tonight, Las Vegas trails. It's 12-10 Pittsburgh with 46 seconds to go. Sends Renfro in motion. Snap. Steelers bring four. Off the edge. In the pocket again. Fires down the field for Renfro. And it's intercepted by Sutton at the Steelers 30. Renfro laid out for it. Sutton beat him to the ball. And Pittsburgh takes over on a pick. Good morning. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I like that. I like that. <laughs> no? No? Doing it all season. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, with the Raider highlights, with the Raider lowlights. How's Derek Carr so bad in the cold? <sighs> What's he owing 7 now and 37 below? 36 like, below? He was horrible. Yeah. That was like, where the hell is Jarrett Stidham bad? His last interception is one of the worst throws you've ever seen. Hunter Renfro's wide open. I mean, they're going to be one play away from field goal range on that last pass. That's what we're. That's what I was thinking. I was actually thinking they're going to get in field goal range. Yeah, I mean that's and it's not even a particularly difficult throw. No, and he just threw it way over. Like unbelievable how bad he was. How's he that bad? Like how's he that bad in cold weather? It's well, like the, he's a he's a California Texas boy. I mean, never been in it. Well, Texas gets some cold weather. Where's Mahomes from? He played college in Texas. Yeah, my guy's out here playing in December and January when it's two degrees all the time. How was everyone's holidays? It was good. Yeah, yeah. Had a nice day off yesterday. I, well, here's the problem: fantasy football is an addiction. True, and <laughs> that's what I spent. Saturday, Sunday, and last night yelling at my TV about. Fantasy football is horrible. That's the only thing that I paid much attention to. And it's a, it's an addiction. We gotta we gotta get rid of this addiction. Not really. I love it. It's it's fantastic. Right. The first bite. Will the Raiders bench Derek Carr? So let me tell you this. <laughs> They're still alive. Very, sure? very, 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 uh, well, they're, they're still sure? like, they haven't been mathematically eliminated, but, and you're going to tell us about this contract, this contract, and I did not know this. I knew it was one year that they could get rid of him until this past week. I had not been up to date on this clause on if he gets hurt, right? There's an injury so, guarantee. Yeah. Which means if, so I would bench him. if Derek Carr, so here, here's the main detail of the Derek Carr contract that we have talked about since he signed it. It was a one-year guaranteed contract. 
at the end of this season, right after the Super Bowl, there is a window in which the Raiders can cut Derek Carr and not pay him any more money. Yes. There will be a small dead cap hit, I believe. But after this season, they can cut Derek Carr, and there is no more guaranteed money that they would have to right. pay Derek Carr. So it was, in, in, in effect, a one-year guaranteed contract yes. for Derek Carr. Now, if but, he's on the roster after three days after the Super Bowl, it becomes... Then he's guaranteed. The second year is fully guaranteed, and then $7 million of the third year yeah. is fully guaranteed. The clause you're referring to is that Derek Carr's contract... The first two years and seven years of the third year are fully guaranteed for injury, which means if Derek Carr is injured during that three-day window after the Super Bowl, the Raiders cannot cut him and not pay him. He would That would, money would be guaranteed. So, Derek Carr tears his ACL, breaks a bone, whatever happens in these last two games of the season then Derek Carr's contract with the Raiders becomes fully guaranteed for 2023 and then $7 million guaranteed into 2024. Essentially, if Carr gets hurt, the Raiders' flexibility, their ability to cut Carr after the season goes away. Goes away. And oh, getting hurt is, you know, because he's played with a bad back, supposedly. He would have to pass a physical, I'd assume. They'd have to give him a physical if he said he had something. Um, I think it's too big of a risk. I think it's too big of a risk. So I, you think I would, I would sit him? You think they bench Derek Carr solely He'd because of him. the contract? I mean, if you've already made the decision, you're moving on from him. Then I would. And I think they've had. I think I'd be shocked if they haven't made the decision on which way they want to go with him. So let me ask you. The, let me ask you the, the reverse way of this. If Derek Carr does not play this weekend against the 49ers. Is that 100% he's gone? Oh, I think so. So if so if I Jared so. Stidham yes. if Jared Stidham starts this week, I think it's because of the contract because Carr's healthy. I mean, are you not doing it because he's played so poorly, you really need to see Jared Stidham which you know all about anyway because you brought him here and you know everything. It's not like Jared Stidham has to show them what he has. I think they know who they have in Jared Stidham. Well, they did Here's I mean, here's the other issue with the the Stidham situation. They didn't bring in Jared Stidham because they thought, "Oh, this guy could be the starter one no, day." No, they brought exactly. in Stidham because, "Oh, he knows McDaniel's right, he and knows he, the system. He's a competent backup right. if they've got to go to right. him for a game or something like that." That's so, why I think if they sit him it'd be more about the contract mm, than anything to do with Jared Stidham. Right. It's not like it's not even like, "Oh, they drafted a kid in the 6th round and we're they're going to give yeah, him a shot." Yeah, they're going to give a shot. Yeah, and they're going to look at him. Exactly. It's, it's Jared Stidham. So yeah. if you if you do bench him, it's 100% contractually yes. uh, contractual reasons. Now, Josh McDaniels was asked about, you know, sitting players with two games left in the season and he gave an answer to the effect of we're going to take everything into account. Yes. Contract situation. And he said and contract situation, which means they they've got to be considering it because who who else would even be in that conversation? I guess technically Josh Jacobs cuz he doesn't have a contract and you might say, "Hey, we don't Can want to get Can they get out of hurt. the Adams one after one year?" Um, I Think his is two years, but I'll have to double okay, check on the right. Adams one. Okay, so it, so like, that wouldn't be contractually. I don't think so, and I don't think you're in a hurry to get out of the Adams contract. No, no, yeah, like no. If, exactly. if you go through their good players, or I should say, their high paid players, right? Devonte Adams, you have no interest in getting out of. So 
maybe you sit him just because you don't want him to get hurt with two games left when you're not playing for much. But I think Adams is playing and you're bringing him back next year or at the very least you're trading him if he wants out. Crosby's fine. You're not get, trying to get rid of Crosby, right? Colton Miller, you're probably not trying to get rid of him. Uh, Renfro and Waller, possible, but they're, they aren't the high dollar ones. Uh, Chandler Jones is fully guaranteed for next year already. So it doesn't, it's not just, like there's just some interesting clause there. The interesting ones to me are Carr and Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. and Carr, Like we just went through Josh Jacobs is interesting because he doesn't have a contract for next year. So there's a couple different ways. And this is what we've talked about the entire season. I don't know what the Raiders plan to do with him because they didn't give him his fifth year option. Um, but they can franchise tag him or they can sign him to a new deal. A new deal. And if if you're the Raiders and you plan for Josh Jacobs to be on your team next year, he shouldn't play a single snap the rest of the season. But I would also argue, if you're the Raiders and you don't plan to have Josh Jacobs on your team next year, he still shouldn't play a single snap the rest of the season. Because Zamir White might need a game with more than four carries before you decide now, there's he's a your guy, starting Unlike back. Stidham, you need to see. Right? You need to see what Zamir White can do with 20, 23, 24 carries instead of, like you said, three or four. You drafted him essentially to be the replacement of Josh Jacobs. Now, you didn't know Josh Jacobs was going to have the year he's going to have, so that might have changed your mind in terms of franchise tagging or keeping him. But Zamir White, you need to see what you have in him, so these last two games might be an opportunity to do that. All right, give me a guess. How many carries does Zamir White have this season? 82. Way oh, too high. It. Way too high. Um, 41. 16. Jesus. Wow. The most he has in a single game, he had three against the Rams. Uh, he, and that's when they needed him most. So Zamir White has, has <laughs> basically not played. Like He's essentially not played this season for the Raiders. He's had more games with zero carries than he has with three or more carries. This season, like they have not played this guy. So if, if it were my decision, right, even though they're not eliminated from the playoffs, but they have to win out and the dolphins have to lose out and they have to catch new England, uh, the jets and who else am I blanking on in there? Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and, and then the loser of the Tennessee Jacksonville game, they've got to also catch like three or four of the teams. They're basically out of the playoffs. If it were me, Derek Carr's not playing again because I want to have the flexibility at the end of the season. I want I to agree. be able to say yes. whether or not I can cut him, even though I think it's going to be in their best interest to bring him at least guarantee his contract because I think trading him will be a better option. I still want the flexibility. And then the other one, Josh Jacobs is not playing a single staff for me the rest of the season because I, either way, if I'm bringing him back, Josh, we don't need you. The season's over. We want you to be healthy for next year. If I'm not bringing him back, Thank you, Josh. It's Samir White time. We got to see if this guy's any good. And if he is, awesome. If not, we've got to go find a running back in the offseason. Neither one of those two, I think, should play a single snap. And I would also argue at that point, if I'm sitting Carr and I'm sitting Jacobs, I'm probably sitting Devontae Adams too. Because what's the point? I'm going to run him out there with Jared Stidham. And Samir White. We don't need to see what Jared Stidham has, right? They know. Exactly what Jared Stidham has. If it was a sixth-round rookie, then I'd say, all right, let's see what you have. Here's Devontae Adams. Throw it down the field to him. Right. But yeah. Keelan Cole, Mac Hollins, go for it. Run all the yeah. routes you can and see if Jared Stidham can do anything. But that is what's in the best interest of the Raiders as a franchise. Do you think they do that? No. I don't either. 
I don't think I don't they either. do that. I, I think, think Derek Carr's playing this I weekend. Think he's, I think he's playing this week. Because I think you're going to have, like, players, obviously, they want to play the games. And I think you're going to have, from a a coaching level, you're going to look at your, your locker room, and part of the decision is going to be, how are they going to respond if I bench Carr, Jacobs, well, and Adams? And here's the thing. You're right, and even though there's two games left, we're talking about this yesterday with someone, in terms of locker room reaction, because they know why they would be doing it. Right. It wouldn't be injury. It wouldn't be, hell, God, we have to. He's, his back gave out or something's wrong with him or anything like that. It'd be completely contractually. And I, I don't know if you can walk into a locker room and say, this is why we're doing it. Because if you do that with Carr, they know that you're moving on from him. Right. They're, they're, you're moving on from him if you bench him. Yeah. So I, I will be curious to see now. Denzel Perryman, Chandler Jones, those well, are two I don't guys think that got, playing the rest they of got hit against, hurt yeah. against Pittsburgh. They're if, not playing. Even if they were able to, like, oh, they can gut it out no, and come back. you don't play them. Right. Those are the ones you sit down. And, and here's the thing. If, if Card is slow to get up in the second quarter on Sunday or something, you might say, all right, thanks, Derek. Like, we're going we're gonna to take you out and let Jared Sinem go. Like, if, if somebody even has a, a small injury or even a chance that, ah, oh, you might have gotten hurt there, you're way more cautious with it now. But I think ultimately they're going to play these guys just because it's I do too. it's football, and that's what that's what they tend to do in these situations. Right. And resting guys is not something that happens very often. Hell, teams that have everything clinched in the final week of the season sometimes are like, "Ah, eh, should we still play our guys?" Like that's always a debate. Yeah. So that I I think they all end up playing the yeah. last two weeks of the season anyway. Did you guys find it funny that one of when asked about like? Injured players are future contract considerations on whether or not someone will keep playing for the rest of the season. The first guy they brought up was, well, we know we don't want to bring back Diablo in case, uh, like, it'd be stupid to bring him off the IR. And ever, like, you could feel the room go, yeah, no one was real interested in what's going on with Divine Diablo. Hey, where'd that guy go? They need him on defense. All right, coming up next. The Golden Knights are back in action tonight against the LA Kings. Now here's Mark Stone, who's 0 for 1 this year. He could win it. Right, he goes left to the hash marks. He shoots, he scores! Couple of big fist pumps from Mark Stone. Mopped by his teammates at center ice. The captain wins it in the fourth round of the shootout. Golden Knights 5, Blues 4. The captain is the hero again. Back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Grady and Tyler Bischoff. The Golden Knights are back. They play in L.A. tonight. Uh, fun fact. The Kings are five points pat- back of the Golden Knights in the Pacific Ooh, Division. Oh, big game. And big they're game. the closest team. Like, the Golden Knights are kind of running away with the division. Obviously, if they lose tonight, they'll be only three points ahead of L.A., but they got games in hand, too. Like, they win tonight. We're, we're kind of looking at this team potentially rolling through the Pacific the rest of the year. Unless they get a bunch of man games lost again. Uh, can you get up to 500 again? Was it 500 last year? They've already got Shea Weber and Robin Leonard out for 82 each. Okay. Nolan Patrick's on long-term. I yeah. bet. That's three guys right there. Yeah. You can just add up and be like, bam, we're at 246 <laughs> or whatever that addition is there. And believe me, if they don't make the playoffs oh, or something happens, they will. We will not hear they the will end be, of it. They will be spouting that stuff out for, for, for left and right. How do you fire a coach, though, this time? So here's a question for you. Kelly McCrimmon talked to Ben Goats of the Review Journal. And I'm, I'm just going to read from what Ben wrote. 
Kelly McCrimmon said he didn't want to give a timeline for when Eichel, who has missed nine of the past 10 games of the lower body injury, would return. He said the team has received a number of opinions on Eichel's injury and has a treatment plan in place. It's unclear exactly how long it will take until he is recovered. Quote, we want to have this be something that we put behind us and not deal with again, McCrimmon said. That is uh, very vague, but yet has a few interesting details in there. The, the, the phrase that jumped out to me was number of opinions. Because I feel like when we hear about athletes and they're getting a second opinion and occasionally a third opinion on an injury, it's because the first doctor told them, your season is over, and they want to find a second doctor that will say, eh, we can figure it out. We can put a uh, plan in place, like he said. Am I reaching, reading too far into this when they say number of opinions and me assuming that means they got bad news from doctor number one on Jack Eichel? I don't know. I don't think you're reading too much into it that they got bad opinions. I don't know if the opinion was you're out for the entire season. Right. Could be out a month, six weeks, something like that. But I don't know if they said the entire season. That was the phrase that jumped out to me. It's a lot more serious than they let on in the beginning. I thought he was coming back after a few games. So did I. Uh, The other part that I thought was interesting was Kelly McCrimmon saying, we want to put it behind us and not deal with it again. Which, again, I might be reading too far into this, but until they actually give detailed injury updates, this is all you get out of Golden Knights injury updates. That makes it sound like this could be a lingering injury. Mm -hmm. And they're like, ah, we need to put this behind us so it's not a problem in the playoffs or in the following season. Like That's that's the word lingering. Right. Like, listen, again, it's very vague, but I read that and thought, oh, this this could be really bad. Like, this could be something that's actually serious, and we could be talking about Jack Eichel missing a long time. Right. And is his season in danger? And what exactly happens? And here's the other part of that that doesn't, those two parts, those two details that don't mesh very well. I'm assuming when they say number of opinions, they're finding they're trying to find different doctors to basically give him a quicker timeline to come back. But the GM's also saying, hey, uh, we want to put this behind us and not let it linger into the future, which in my mind, if you're if you're if your goal is to not have it linger into the future, then he's out until he's 100 percent. Whatever this lower body injury is, you don't come back until it's 100 percent. So those two things don't exactly go hand in hand with each other, because if you're trying to find the doctor that'll say, okay, we'll do this and that'll get you back sooner. That's not what you should be doing. If your plan is to put this behind you and never deal with it again. Could this be similar? Like, could he be saying, well, we definitely don't want a Buffalo situation where it goes on for an extended period of time. Well, that was, I mean, I guess it went on in Buffalo because Jack Eichel and the Sabres did not agree on, on what the surgery plan. he should on have. Surgery right. should so have. maybe wasn't the like, multiple opinions are whatever Jack is, whatever Dr. Jack says, he's going to a lot of them. So it's just a fascinating scenario. So here's the question. They're in first place in the Pacific. They're in first place in the West, right? It's not like this team is on the brink of missing the playoffs or anything. They weren't on the brink of missing the playoffs the at this day time after last Hanukkah. year yeah. either. What does this team look like without Jack Eichel for an extended period of time? I think we've talked about it over and over. Even without Jack Eichel, I think they still can win the West. 
I just don't think the West is that good. Who's the second best team in the West right now? Winnipeg? Dallas. Uh, yeah, Dallas, Winnipeg. Winnipeg, who they haven't the, lost to. The Kings are second Dallas in the yet, Pacific. The Kings. So I think they can find a way without him there. Um, you know, maybe you get into the playoffs. Again, we don't know how long he's going to be out. We get into series. I don't know about that. But uh, I think they can find a way without him to kind of plug in guys and still be good in the West. So here's the real question, and we've seen this a little bit recently. If Eichel's out for whatever, a couple of months, if Eichel's out for an extended period of time, do they survive when they start getting other injuries? Do they? We, we've talked well, about it this be injured? Year. The third line this year has been terrible. Bruce Cassidy won't even play it in the third period of close games. They're basically a three-line team. Eichel's already down. All right, somebody like Paul Cotter can play in the first line's okay. What happens if Stone about gets Michael hurt? Michael Amadio? Okay, Amadio too. <laughs> what happens if Stone gets hurt? Oh, then they could be in a lot more trouble than they what, are right now. What happens if Riley Smith if gets Riley hurt? If Riley Smith gets hurt. Like we're, like we're talking yeah. about this team. This is exactly what happened yeah. last year. They yep. suffered key injuries to multiple players. They've already got players. Theodore down. And if Theodore's out, White, Cloud's, White out. Cloud's out, and if Eichel are out, although I think Theodore's expected to be back relatively soon, right? Like his, I don't know. What what was, Cassidy was right. like somebody's day-to-day, somebody's week-to-week, somebody's month-to-month, right? Right. So, but you've already got those three out. And if Eichel's going to be out for a long time, now all of a sudden Smith gets hurt, Stone gets hurt, or Marsh, like you start getting two other forward injuries, and all of a sudden you Then went, you are like last year. Right. You went from having a good first line, a good second line, a good fourth line, and a terrible third line to who the hell's playing on the first line? They're probably not very good. You might have a good second line, but then your third line's bad, and it's like, oh, the fourth line with Carrier, Waugh, and Colasar solid. Like, you start running into, like, it, it decreases Starts your like margin for error. Right. Yes. And it becomes a point where last season this team was, were they in first place at the All-Star game? They were in first place at the All-Star game. So early February, they were in first place right. in the division. And they missed they the playoffs. They missed the playoffs. So it's unlikely that the Golden Knights hit that mark again in terms of the total injuries they have, but it's decreasing their margin for error. And here's the other key that it's decreasing their margin for error is goaltending. This team loses Robin Leonard. Logan Thompson, Aiden Hill, those are the guys. We've seen it recently. This is much more a team with average goaltending that's got to play well around the goaltender mm-hmm. to win. And they've done especially of late. They've done fine with that. If you lose Eichel and you lose a couple more important players, you're not playing that well right. in front of your goaltender. And now, oh, can Logan Thompson save right. the season for you? Like it's step one of what we saw. I mean, last they're close. Year. Yeah, they're they're a major injury away from us having a different conversation right. about this. It's step one of what we saw last year, right. and again, there's no actual definitive update on Jack Eichel, but McCrimmon's quotes are concerning. Telling. Coming up next, Sam Gordon. Um, how many times can you keep talking about sort of the same things and learning the same lessons? Man, I'm tired of dealing with this. Shit. I'm tired of dealing with this shit. like every day I come here and bust my ass. Uh, I see I see the guys, you know, bust their ass, and you know. And the result is not there. And, you know, for me, the last four years, the result hasn't been there. And um, quite frankly, I don't know what else to do. Um, so, yeah, that's what it is. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now from the Review Journal is Sam Gordon. Good morning, Sam. Did hey, you Sammy? have a better Christmas than Josh Jacobs? I definitely did. I definitely did. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Tuesday. It's a pleasure to be back on the show. 
<laughs> so let's start there with Josh Jacobs. What do you make of his comments? We've talked a lot about his contract status, that he doesn't have one after this season. Uh, should we assume that he doesn't want to come back, even if the Raiders want him back next year? Uh, I mean, I definitely think that's a possibility. His comments on, on Saturday night would certainly indicate that that's a, a strong possibility, right, Tyler? At the same time, um, it is a, you know, it's in the heat of the moment and, and after an emotional victory uh, that the Raiders probably should have, or emotional loss, I mean, that the, the Raiders probably, a game that the Raiders, I mean, clearly shouldn't have blown. Uh, but, but with that being said, I do think he'll have options uh, in free agency. Granted, the, the kind of the, the bell cow running back, um, isn't exactly in vogue anymore, but he's proven more than capable. He's handled a big workload. He's maintained his health throughout the course of the season, and this is a player that that as you know, as far as as our time covered the team here, as as is as competitive as anybody on the roster. And after you know, enduring another season like this, a topsy turvy season like this, when you when you factor in his comments and what he could fetch uh, in the open market as he approaches uh, the age of twenty five, it's definitely fair to I think it's definitely fair to assume that he's going to canvas. Uh, the free agency and see what's out there and see what options are available. Of course, the Raiders have options if they want to keep him with a franchise or a transition tag. They could certainly elect to do so, but we've known uh, in the past, just based on, on Josh McDaniels' pedigree, uh, that, that the kind of approach he's had with Josh Jacobs this year, really having him be the feature back, is, is not necessarily what he's done. So if Josh Jacobs moves on, I think the Raiders would, would try and find a way to adapt uh, with, with, with the running backs they have on the rosters, Amir White. Maybe he takes over. Uh, as the feature, as the featured player, but but when you have a guy like Josh Jacobs this year, who's put forth an, an all first, all pro first team uh, caliber season, when you see him express himself in that kind of way, it, it shows you where he's at with the franchise in this particular time. And uh, I think when you when you when you factor in his comments, it wouldn't be one one bit the least bit surprising if he elected uh, to move on and go play for a team where he feel like he can tri- could contribute, and that's closer to a to winning a, a Super Bowl or at least making a deep playoff run. Because all, all the expectations. That the Raiders had clearly they 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 were not fulfilled and and he um, was not shy about expressing his frustrations and I can't blame him. Uh, talk to us to, about yesterday in terms of Josh McDaniels. He seemed to double down on Josh Jacobs and go positive with him and not so much others. Were you surprised at that? Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, I think that was also his. I mean, you know, that's maybe a kind of a subliminal plea that hey, you know, Josh, we have your back here and we want you to come back, right? I mean, I think. I don't think any team, right, regardless of, of, of the running back by committee approach that McDaniels has previously used, I don't think anybody just wants to let a, a super productive player that has meant a lot to the franchise these last four years just walk out the door and have it end the way that it, it might end when you, when you see those comments. So it was definitely a little bit, a bit surprising, but I could also understand where Josh McDaniels is coming from, and it was just kind of a different, uh, I think, tenor, Ed, that he talked with um, yesterday, given with where they're, where they're at in the season. I think now these last two games take on a completely different meaning, and and now, given that they're you know all but eliminated from playoff contention, you have to focus on 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 the future at this point. And there's two games left. I mean, I think that the the chances to win these games were were going to be slim, anyways. Given that they're San Francisco and, and Kansas City, arguably the two best teams uh, in the NFL, coming here to Allegiant Stadium. But but now, um, I mean, he was pretty clear. I mean, without being clear, you know, subliminally reading between the lines that the Raiders are going to you know the, what we see on on Sunday and the Sunday after that might look a little bit different in terms of who plays, in terms of the evaluation process, and what this can mean moving forward. So uh, it was it, not, not the not the you know the press conference that Josh McDaniels wanted to have on Monday or expected to have, but uh, this is the byproduct of, of, I believe, five blown halftime leads of seven points or more, I think an NFL record uh, in, in a single season. So it's been that kind of year. And, and now the, the, you know, the Raiders have to adapt and try and figure out 
how they want to move forward with two games that, that have relatively little little consequence. So who do you think actually doesn't play this weekend? Is it Derek Carr or is it Derek Carr plus Jacobs and Adams and Crosby and, and any other high-dollar player that they have? Yeah, I, I think some combination of all of the above. Um, I, I, as far as Derek Carr is concerned, um, I, I mean, I do expect. I think it's 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 pretty clear where this where this thing is 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 heading. I, I would be surprised at this juncture uh, if he's on the team uh, next season, or if he, if he's on the team in a month and a half or two months from now, uh, given the 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 outs that they have uh, with this contract. But at the same time, I mean, what you know, at, at a certain point, you have to you have long term investments in these high priced players, like you mentioned, a Max Crosby, a Devontae Adams. Like you don't want to risk a, a goofy injury. In a in a relatively meaningless week seventeen game, um, when when you need these guys back in in top condition next season, so uh, he McDaniel's made clear they're going to do a. It's not just Derek Carr. I think there's a number of people that might sit, but I think Derek Carr is certainly a candidate. And if not this Sunday, then then probably the the Sunday after, because there is, I believe, a clause in his contract that guarantees uh, his salary next year if he's injured, and you know that he has been battling, I guess, an, a back injury kind of on and off throughout the course of the season, not that 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 would be an excuse per se for his poor play, especially over this last month. But uh, there's a scenario where he, where he gets hurt and the Raiders are on the hook for, for that money. And all of a sudden it becomes, it might become a little bit more difficult to trade. So uh, we'll see what happens, but I would definitely be surprised if if Derek Carr starts to let both games, Uh, maybe this last one. I I do think, I mean, from a, just kind of an optics perspective, this is a, yes, he hasn't done himself any favors the past four games. and, And he has certainly, um, it would seem has played his way out of town, but but I think benching him. I mean, he has been a, a, a I think a great ambassador the, for the franchise. All things considered, when you have to factor in what he's dealt with the last eight or nine years, I'm not saying Josh McDaniels necessarily cares about that or has to care about that, uh, but it's something that I, I think deserves um, comment on because because if this is it, if he's played his last game um, with the Raiders, he certainly endured a lot of ups and downs, a lot of dysfunction, and a lot of chaos. And I think it's clear at this point, Tyler, that he's not the solution. To all the problems that this team has had, and certainly this team in 2022, he's not fixing anything per se. But I don't think he's he's the root of the issue these last eight or nine years either. So it'll be interesting to see what he does, and, and certainly think that it's it's in play that he sits Sunday, and if not Sunday, the week after for sure. Uh, with just two games left, should McDaniel's care at all about what the locker room would respond if they sit him, and everyone knows it's just because of a contract? Yeah, I mean that's probably another. I mean that's probably another thing that he would have to consider, right? And and yes, I, I do think that's a, a factor when when you're a head coach and you're trying to build a program and you're trying to establish a program. It's it's super important that he maintains the respect of of of, of that group and that locker room because we know we know Ed in, in football there's more turnover I think year to year than any other sport. But a number of these players and a number of these leaders that that are going to have to continue to set the tone or to continue to to, to set the culture, Josh McDaniels. Uh, wants to establish are going to have to be on the same page as him. So there's a lot. It's difficult, right? It's it's not. There's there's a number of things that are. This is a. I mean, a tricky situation. It's. I don't think it's what anybody envisioned. But again, like, had everybody done a better job, Josh McDaniels included, Derek Carr included, you know, protecting these leads and and, and executing better in key situations, you wouldn't be in this situation where you have to manage the locker room in a careful way, or you have to make careful decisions about the financial futures of some players on the roster. So. It's definitely something because of the situation that they're in that that, that they have to consider. Um, and you, quite frankly, I, I think all things considered, I I, I think the locker room uh, for all the losses, right? I don't think there's been an effort issue or that they've that Josh McDaniels has lost the locker room per se as 
that Nathaniel Hackett did in Denver. I think it's two different situations. But <laughs> if the proper decisions aren't made, you know, honoring the, the, the best interests of the players in that locker room and the franchise moving forward, then maybe things get sticky. Because even though the players have continued to compete, um, six and nine is still six and nine. And Josh Jacobs, I mean, there clearly is a an element of frustration. Even if they're if, even if they continue to play and, and be locked into Josh McDaniels, that doesn't mean they're not frustrated. And that could certainly spill over and compound if if these last couple of weeks are managed properly. Well, he is Sam Gordon from the Review Journal. Sam, as always, we appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Sam. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Happy New Year. Talk soon. Take Dude, care. Take care. Uh, so there's Sam Gordon from the RJ on the Raiders. By the way, I wanted to ask, Ed, would you have made it back to Las Vegas if you had covered the game in Pittsburgh? Yes, because I know that were two people, Kevin Bollinger and, and Robbie, uh, were on the, my flight, and they were a little delayed, but they made it back in time. Well, oh, they were like, made it back a little later. A little uh, later? But not not crazy later because I I texted Kevin around two o'clock Christmas Day to see if they'd gotten back and he was already back. <laughs> I so, know uh, Vic Taver from the Athletic was tweeting. He had about, some issues. He tweeted, uh, "Would I rather spend my Christmas in the what Chicago or Denver airport?" Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. He had. I felt bad for Vic. He had some issues, but he did tweet. He did get home. He got uh, home. He got there home. There was a, another delayed flight that he got on. Yeah, he got and home. managed to get it home. It is ridiculous at airports right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, the bags? Ugh. The thousands of bags? Doesn't, doesn't oh, seem I feel fun. Bad. Which, by the way, the bag stuff is only partially related to the weather. Like like Southwest yeah. Airlines and their issues is not solely weather related, right? No, the, a lot of it. Uh, if you see their tweets, was staffing. Yeah, like they don't have enough people or something. Right. Which they don't is... pay their. They don't pay enough to have enough people. Yeah. Unreal. Oh man, I am. Uh, I am glad. I am happy for you, Ed. Even though you would have got home on time, I oh, am yeah. happy for you that you didn't have to deal with flying to Pittsburgh yeah. and five degree weather or whatever it was. And by the way, side note. Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I don't know if I should think they're insane and morons or give them credit for showing up to watch that football game. It was kind of empty, I thought. It was like almost a half full. Like it wasn't full like you'd expect a Steelers game. But Christmas Eve night. In that weather. And it's like eight degrees outside. In that weather. I, I loved Mike Tomlin. You could only see his eyes. Yes. He had the the beyond plus the I don't know if it was a full head mask but it came all the way up to his nose. You could only see his eyes. That might not have been Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin might have sent a doppelganger out there and said, "You deal with this." Did you see uh, McDaniel's uh hoodie or excuse me, beanie was around uh, on backwards to begin the game? Oh, was it? I saw the, his fun the, headband. The logo it maybe okay, it was the headband. Oh, yeah, it was upside down, down. right? It was upside down. Right. Yeah. Yes, that was I very think good. Someone might have told him because I think he changed Did it. Did he change it? Because I think well, the the broadcast said right. hey someone get that guy's headband around. <laughs> and i think he might have changed well it. mcdaniel's went headband to keep his ears warm but didn't go beanie to keep the top of his head right. i was very confused by his choice there like why wouldn't well, you go with something on the top of your head as well he wow. had a lot of experience in it in New England. Right. Maybe that was the way. I, I was because it's went. not. It's not like he's got a lot of hair either. He's got whatever, right. basically a buzz cut. Like I was, I was a little confused by it. Mike Tomlin was ready to go. Mike Tomlin was like, <laughs> only my eyes are dealing with this. <laughs> everything else is covered. Josh Daniels was like, all right, I'll cover my ears and everything else. We're just gonna suck it up. Well, that's all right. Well, we. I think we may have just solved the uh, the loss. Pittsburgh had a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> all right, coming up next. 
For as bad as the season was for the Raiders, at least they aren't the Broncos. Second in long, and, and the Broncos, and those are the big horsey uh, players, they have the ball, and they're going to see if they can find a way to move it. Oh, nice. And so what's happening? Oh, there's Russ Wilson. Oh, oh no! Oh, that's called a, 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 an interception. That's close. It is a Bobby Wagner. That's not what he wanted to cook. No, I think he burnt whatever he was cooking. <laughs> Bobby Wagner with the interception. The SoCal kid back home. Patrick, how exciting is that? Bobby Wagner coming to town and doing that with his old teammate. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. That was Patrick Starr. <laughs> yes. On the Nickelodeon broadcast of Rams and Broncos on Christmas Day. Would you just prefer him every week? Uh, yeah, if he's going to make fun of Russell Wilson and the Broncos, absolutely. <laughs> if he's going to make fun of whoever is playing in the game, 100%. Um, I enjoyed that the actor obviously watches football because they were like, yeah, he's a, he's going back to California, or he's coming back to his home, and it's like, yeah, they're former teammates. Did you know that? Yes. The Broncos lost to the Rams 51-14, 4-11 on the season, and they fired Nathaniel Hackett. Genuine question, because Hackett's the one that gets fired, but it's largely because of Russell Wilson's contract and they can't get out of it. Who should well, be more to blame, Wilson or Hackett? For this specific year, for the contract, because you're talking about the contract and not being For able this to get year. Out like, if you, were, if you were assessing the Broncos and saying, what's their biggest problem this year? Is it Hackett so or is many, it Wilson? So many issues from Nady Hackett. Uh, I think I it's just, Russell Wilson. It's Russell Wilson. I just... <sighs> Neither one I, was very was so bad managing clocks and making decisions and late in games. And uh, I, I'm going to stay with Nate Hackett. Neither one's very good. No, uh, but I think Russell Wilson being an absolutely terrible quarterback this season is was the bigger issue for the Broncos this year. Because here's here's the part: the Denver Broncos are basically the opposite of the Minnesota Vikings. The Denver Broncos lost or so far, have lost eight games by a single possession this season. If they had won, you know, three of those eight games that they have lost by a single possession, and they're currently a seven-win team, you're still not good, but you're not a complete disaster. And you know how you win a game by a single possession? You have a good quarterback on the team. Well, well that's not true for the Minnesota Vikings, but if the Broncos had Kirk Cousins, they'd be, like, in the postseason right now. I feel like Jefferson uh, is more of the key factor for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins is 37 times better than this season's Russell Wilson. It's not even remotely close how much better Kirk Cousins is than Russell Wilson. Derek Carr is not the worst quarterback in the division because Russell Wilson is yeah. a disaster. Let's give Russell like some credit there that he he saw what Derek was going through and he went, I got you, fam. I got you. <laughs> I'm going to do it and get made fun of by a cartoon character while I'm doing it. Would you want the Broncos job? Oh, I think there's going to be a million people want it. Everyone always thinks they can be the difference. Every coach thinks they can turn it around and make Russell Wilson a great quarterback. And there'll be people lining up for a head NFL job. There's only 32 of them. Would you want it over the Panthers job? No, I don't think so because I think the Panthers have a chance to 
draft one of these young quarterbacks, and I'd rather play with him. So it's the Broncos' job is the worst job in the NFL right now, then? Well, there's not many worse. I'm trying to think. It's 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 worse than the Raiders. It's the worst job in the NFL it's worse right than now. Raiders. Like it. What, what would you? What would you rather? Have the, I'd rather have the Panthers. I'd rather have every single job in the NFL than what the Broncos are. I would not want to have to deal with the Browns, but it's close. You have zero chance of being good if you're the Broncos for two seasons. Russell Wilson is the quarterback of that team. For if they here's the thing, if they cut Russell Wilson after this season, their dead cap hit number on his contract would be one hundred and seven. Yeah. Million no, he's the guy. Dollars. He's the guy there. That's almost half of the salary yeah. cap. You have Russell Wilson for this season, and here's the thing: it's like seventy million the following year. You're not cutting Russell Wilson no. over the next two years. Now, maybe you could make the argument: let's cut him this year. We are going to suck because we are going to have no cap space, and then we're going to restart after that. But then you're you're taking one year to suck, and then you're restarting. Your chances of succeeding in Denver are oh. so low and you promptly gave away your draft pick yeah. so it's not like you're building right, right. during that period right. you're, you're in neutral they, they traded away a top five pick for russell wills yeah. like that's what they're going to give seattle out of this there i listen people are going to want the job because you want to be a head coach sure it pays more There's and all a that. lot of people want the but job. if somebody has like a choice if carolina who Nobody's going to think Carolina's a great job to go get. But if Carolina and Denver offer the same candidate I'd, I'd job, the Panthers job, and I think every single person is going to, because you at least get a chance to do what you want there. Right. You, you get a chance to build there. Right. They're going to get a quarterback. You have to deal with Russell Wilson if you become the Broncos head coach. And it's, I, I would not want Let's ride. to do that. Like, in all honesty, the Broncos probably should have just kept Nathaniel Hackett around and just said... We blew it, and we're going to suck for at least one more year because otherwise, who the hell are we hiring for the next two years? Patrick Starr?